0: Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Owls Americast. Uh, I am Patrick Jones and I am with Justin De Sarga today today uh, on my own. Uh, everyone else has abandoned us, I assume, in some kind of fit of rage slash wallowing in their own self-pity. Um, so, Justin, I have a uh, pilsner from Jersey Girl uh, local brewery uh very good mo pills it's called uh, very nice clean european pilsner to help me uh, get through this uh, last match of the season review and the the uh, fallout from it uh welcome to pod justin what have you got on your uh, uh what have you got to help you get through today uh thanks uh good to see you patty um uh, glad you're drinking a,
1: a local new jersey I'm, I'm back to the aquatic brewing company in falmouth although i i already drank uh I drank my uh, pie in the sky coffee stout Saturday morning during the game. Um, I wasn't going to drink because I'd been out too late. But then once Patterson uh, scored that goal, I realized I was all in. So I took my stout down. Um, but now I'm, I'm drinking their, uh, their Heffenweizen. Uh, it's a nice, uh, nice crisp beer. And, uh, you know, again, sports your local.
0: On the agenda today, uh, it's kind of a weird one. We, ha- we had a last minute dropout. Jeff was uh, supposed to be with us today. Uh, we're going to do a, uh, a kind of holistic review of Derby, the Wednesday news, and the season can recap, recap too. What we're going to do, we're going to split it in two podcasts. So we're going to do the Derby review and some Wednesday news today with me and Justin. And we're going to come back in however days, weeks, wherever the text together all back together. And we'll do a full review of the season. Uh, so today we're going to go through Derby, and then we'll go through uh, some of the fallout from the Derby match. Uh, so Justin... First of all, where did you watch it, mate? I mean, that's kind of let's set the scene. Let's say we both were. I was at Football Factory with a few Wednesday fans. Where were you watching the game? Um,
1: I was uh, sitting on my living room couch, uh, fending off the 115 beers I had the night before after hockey, and uh, sipping some coffee, trying to uh, trying to wrap my head around uh, what we we're about to do. So I, I spent most of the game sitting on my couch or standing pacing around my living room. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned off, uh, off air here, uh, I spent the, uh, last five or so minutes and certainly all of added time quite literally on my knees on the floor in front of my television. So it was not, uh, the most exciting. My children did join me around halftime. My wife was at the gym. Um, you know, I, I wish I had been with some
0: other people, but it's I mean, it is. It was certainly exciting for the neutral. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because uh, we'll talk about the first half first. Let's go chronologically. We won't go through our usual talking points today. We'll go through chronologically what happened and how it happened. First of all, the first thing that any action in both games, really, that Rotherham score early on uh, against Cardiff to immediately put a damper on proceedings.
1: <laughs> exactly as Jeff predicted.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. what
1: That's what I immediately was like, Jeff, damn it, no.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and then the, the Kazim Richards uh, offside goal as well, um, which kind of again gives a little bit of a scare early on, um, but thankfully it was miles offside, so that got uh, ruled out. And there wasn't a great deal else that happened in that first half. Uh, I, I took a few notes, um, just looking at the extended highlights, um, and it was just a really poor quality first half. I thought, and, and neither team looked like they had the means to win it, rather than the effort, as so. What did you make of that first half up until the goal, at least?
1: Oh, I mean, it's kind of what we talked about last week with the preview. It was two bad teams. Um, two teams that were tired, two teams that are lacking confidence, two teams that are in poor form. Um, it just, yeah, it was it was ugly. I was kind of thinking my prediction of the uh, drab nil-nil would come in. I, I will say, too, I mentioned that when the Rotherham goal was obviously really bad for us. But the one thing that I thought was good about it was that it would force Derby to have to go for the win, which I thought would kind of force them to open up a little bit. Um, I figured Rotham would probably concede at some point. We'll touch on that later. But um, I thought, you know, maybe it would be nice to force Derby to open
0: up and we could take advantage, but we did not do that. There's a couple of chances on both sides in the first half. Uh, Bannon had a, ch- a shot um, on the edge of the area, which is kind of like hit quite wide when you look at the angles against it it was a good strike though it was a good strike I hit it really well but um, it actually went about about six feet wide at the end of it Uh, Waghorn had a good chance instead of hitting the ball he headed the post what a stupid man Um, almost knocked himself out Um, I'm amazed he was lying back onto the pitch and that could have changed everything he had some concussion protocol there but unfortunately he stayed on the pitch and tore us apart the second half Um, and then the goal itself uh, a long throw um who would have we brought him back for the last game of the season? Patterson's been kind of sidelined uh, with the with the and uh, clearly uh, we sided against sided for it this particular game against Derby and it paid off actually a couple of times. We got, we got some good chances out of it in the first time, honestly. Uh the Derby defender gets up first for it and kind of uh, heads it backwards. And I thought Rose did really well actually to win that header in the in the box, scrapping for it, got some power down that low, and the keeper makes a fantastic save. Uh, only for Hutch to be uh, lurking with a little star in the back of the net, and that 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 reaction from Hutch when he scored—obviously, you he, he almost can't believe. When Hutch scores nowadays, he can't believe he scored. It's that kind of like joy, of like ah! <laughs> It's a really good reaction from Hutch to see one of the. We'll talk about that a little bit later about the reactions from players. One of the players that you you feel still has heart with the club and still tries and has actually been a very good signing for us coming up from Cyprus. Uh, so. If that was to be the end of the game right there, and Hutch scored the winner to keep us into the championship, what a fairy tale story that would have been! Um, but sadly, there was another half to play.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but I was, I was very much in. How could you not have that thought running through your head, right? That that was, you know, I mean, if you were gonna, I, I'd say, you know, one of the only other guys, I'd say Palmer was probably the only other guy you'd think was less likely to somehow put one in just given his track record. Um, so for Hutch to do that was, uh, that was big. Um, that felt, yeah, that felt good. Um, and and
0: had a little bit of hope, which, you know, didn't last super long, but. I mean, it, it was a surprise for me. Of course, I think we, we said earlier that, we played really poorly and we didn't look like we got a lot of about us, a lot of energy, a lot of, okay, we didn't feel like we were playing in a relegation battle. And I was shouting at the screen, getting angry at them. i already pretty much given up hope that we were going to get anything out of this game with all them down, with all them winning already. Uh, so that to come out of nowhere, it really kind of was a kind of primal scream of like, yes, we're still in it. We've got a goal. It didn't look like happening at all. Uh, so went into the, the half-time whistle with obviously op- optimism, um, that we could actually hang in this and, and do something miraculous. Um, so in half halftime, uh, you've got a Wayne Rooney uh, halftime speech versus a Darren Moore halftime speech. Who was your bets going on that the, the most rousing speech would uh, <laughs> come out of Wayne Rooney?
1: Yeah, if it did. I mean, you're right about Waghorn sort of tearing us apart. I mean, he's quality, we've seen him a few times with um i don't think he's always been with derby i feel like i've seen him somewhere else but he's a handful just to get the back to the back you know what were the goals three minutes apart you know just the absolute gut punch um you know and (laughs) again not to you know get too much into but credit that wednesday was able to battle back from that that's you know i certainly thought that you know this team's been so fragile all year that 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 back-to-back uh goals, that would have ended it. And then seeing, you know, Rotherham is winning and we are losing how, you know, I think I told my son, I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. Like, we're, we're all set. But again, uh, Patterson uh, got that equalizer and, and
0: suddenly there was life. So, yeah, I, I feel like let's, let's go back again to the goals because I think like they were, they're both decent goals from Derby. I feel like on the surface there was a good cross from Lawrence to Waghorn. He got above, well, he got above Dunkley. Dunkley was nowhere near him because he seemed to let him wander behind him. Uh, and then he kind of went soft into Westwood, which I think he could have done better with that first goal for Derby, actually. And like similarly, in the uh, second goal, uh, it was a bit of a, a hoof for nothing by the goalkeeper. Uh, and Roberts just takes it and decides to have a go from miles out because he sees where Westwood is. Westwood is far left to the goal. He's, what, 10 yards from his own line? And he gives him that top corner to aim at, pretty much. And fair play to Roberts; he, he aims a bit pretty, pretty well, and he goes straight in. Uh, but what just switching off concentration wise, as we have seen all season. Um, so yeah, from that point, Derby are out of the relegation zone, obviously. Rotherham are back in the relegation zone. We're nowhere to be seen. Meanwhile, Rotherham. Uh, meanwhile, Wickham's battering Middlesbrough. I think it was two 0 at the time or something like that. So. We're back, bu- we're back to bottom of the league. <laughs> Two one down. So it's it's a strange. I think everyone took up every position in that bottom four during the course of the 90 minutes. Um, I don't
1: think we were ever actually out of the zone. There was the there was the moment where uh the penalty was called right as uh Cardiff equalized. equalized. And and I I think I think that it because I saw I, at about, you know, what, uh, I was watching the, I, I put a second screen on at about the 80th minute of the Cardiff Rotherham game because they were ahead um, and kind of started watching then. And I remember seeing them equalize and not being as excited as I should have been because we almost simultaneously gave up, <laughs> gave up that penalty.
0: Well, um, we we were watching both screens too in the Football Factory and it was really bizarre timing because obviously we started the game like anyway. Then there was like 10 minutes of injury time from the first half. So we were like 15 right. minutes behind that game anyway. But then our feed was also behind. So like you said, ESPN commentator, about 30 seconds before Dunkley took the guy down uh, in the, uh, for the 3-3 penalty, we were winning 3-2. And for about a minute, I would say, we were out of the relegation zone because he called that Cardiff had scored on, on our feed. Oh, wow. Okay. Before we saw it on the actual uh, Cardiff-Rodham game. We are like, what? The score? We're we watching the game, they haven't scored. <laughs> it's like I so was clearly, even though we're technically behind in time on our feed because we were for the injury time and stuff, we we're actually ahead of them in real life. <laughs> so our, our commentator on the Wednesday feed called Cardiff had scored while we were still winning. So we were technically out of relegation for yeah. about a minute. 30 seconds.
1: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. then almost immediately, Wagon um, plays through to uh, the Polish-sounding guy's name, Jugowicz, U- Wich, U- for Derby. Uh, it was a good ball, to be fair. Split side defence in two. Berner and Dunkley uh, both chasing for the ball. Dunkley, I think, needlessly takes him out. Uh, I don't know what your opinion is on this. I think Berner could have got a block in there. Wessel could have got a block in there too. Yes, it's more of a risk, but it's not as much of a risk as taking a guy down and giving a penalty away. Uh, for me, I think Dunkley was to blame for at least two of the three goals. Uh, I
1: just don't I don't like the decision to I I you know, I think we talked last week. I, I like the idea of right, I talked about being worried about Cavs and Richards um kind of beasting around our center backs and you know how it'd be nice to have somebody who can match up with him. But how do you bring somebody back? Uh, like, I realize you played for the U23s, I'm sure, and been in training, but to bring Dunkley in cold for the last game of the year when he has, like, that, I didn't like that at all. And, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but, you know, that's just, it, it It doesn't make sense. It's it's not a great decision. And unfortunately, I think we paid for it.
0: I think we totally paid for it, yeah. Like I said, I think you looked a little bit off the pace. Uh and it was to blame for at least two of the goals. Um, maybe we can, you can make an argument for all three of the goals, actually. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a stupid decision. Um, I think Bernard might have got blocking. He could have sliced it. Who knows? What you've done is basically give them a, a very good chance to score a goal uh, and then to stay stay up. Um, and
1: potentially a red card, right?
0: Yeah. It was, I mean, and, uh, was, What were there,
1: 15 minutes left to play?
0: It was stupid. Like, clearly, he had a push of blood to the head. Um, and upsets Waghorn. Probably the most pressurized penalty kick in his career, straight in top corner. What a penalty that was! <laughs> oh, that was a bomb. Yes,
1: yeah. Credit, credit where it's due. There's no, Fucking there's no stopping that
0: Ice in his veins, clearly, and Westwood had no chance. Um, and after that, it just kind of killed us. I think. I think he just really like. Like that's it, we, we scored three goals there's no way we can score four but in the fa- in the football factory where we were I think after they um, after Cardiff had equalised, there's only a few more minutes until the end of their game. So I think there was a good ten minutes of our game left where we knew all we had to do was score a goal to stay up and if someone had told us that six weeks ago, eight weeks ago you're going to have ten minutes left at the end of your last game of the season to still be in this relegation fight, we would have snapped their hands off but yet, it is also the last ten minutes of the season, which has been ridiculously grueling, and you, and we've been struggling to get ninety minutes out of these players for the last three months.
1: <laughs> I, I shot out an all caps tweet, probably somewhere around the time the Waghorn goal, probably after. But get fresh legs. It, it made no sense to me that you know Shea Dunkley gets subbed out in the eighty seventh minute. Eighty yeah. seventh minute. Even worse to me is Pelopesi who. I just thought had a decent game. Um, you know, he, he was fine. He did what he was asked to do, as he has recently. That's kind of what he does. But when you need goals, you he is useless for that. Like the second that game was tied and there's 15 minutes left, get the double substitution. Get Dunkley off and get Pelopesi off and get some players offensively who can go for 15 minutes. I mean. I don't know that Andre Green would have done anything, but he would have had a better chance in 15 minutes than in three.
0: No, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, you. I, I,
1: I don't know if that was more, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, you know, I think, and, and, you know, we sort of say, Hey, Dunkley was probably at fault for those goals or, you know, it was to me, it was, it really encompassed all year. There were individual mistakes all over the place. The The manager couldn't quite get things right. Um, You know, like, fucking donut shape showed up again because you know our forward line got too far ahead and our you know central midfielders drifted too far back uh it just it felt like it felt like so many games this year um where you just say my god that's an awful football team on the
0: other side of the pitch and we can't do anything about it and it cost us and we have been back and forth a little bit, but great ways to do. We did, we did put some fight in for a little bit. We came back, we came back from two-one down, right, very impressive, to three-two up, uh, and we have kind of glossed over those those goals a little bit because I mean, but that in itself, when we originally did this with, with talking points, I mean, the drama of this game was just just unreal. If I wasn't a Sheffield Wednesday supporter, I'm sure if Derby fans weren't Derby fans, they were looking at this going, "Fuck, this is an amazing game of football with everything on on the line," and we had pretty much the entire bar watching this game where there was there was Man City fans there there was Chelsea fans there there was most of the championship fans had left their games and they were all watching this game and most of them were cheering for Wednesday apart from one Borough fan because he's an arsehole <laughs> 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 um, but it was just encapsulating and I can remember I had a kind of moment of where I took myself out of it for about five seconds once um, once their game had finished at 1-1 and it was down to us to score a goal I was like Holy shit! I had that kind of moment. Where I go, I didn't think we'd be here ten minutes to go within the season and have it kind of in our own hands to score a goal and, and stay up. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself with my head. I'm thinking, what if we score now? The scenes and, and i'm thinking lands. i'm thinking oh it's gonna be fucking unbelievable and i'm just looking i'm watching this i'm thinking it oh, over again it can still happen it can still happen and then, and then like 15 minutes goes past and nothing happens <laughs> i don't think we create a chance 15 minutes it was no. just it was just we were running on fumes it was it we were spent and That's uh why we could have you could have used some fresh legs yeah just
1: saying
0: you know look, I, I think um i think you're right to call out more we've, we've And the Wednesday fans in the the past, and look, he's going to make mistakes as as a human. Uh, He's been kind of untouchable um, for most of his tenure so far. We've kind of given him a a very broad stroke. I think he's brought some positive changes to the club. Definitely. A lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot.
0: But I think he's made two, well, two very clear mistakes in this game. One, starting Dunkley. uh, And two, the substitutes were a little bit too late. Um, And you've got to... Say that's that's fact. I think at the end of the day and the game, yes, he's a gambler, Dunkley. I think he probably he probably would admit that himself. Probably a gamble it didn't pay off. Um, he clearly didn't have faith in the Rigidi starting, which I thought was about be a more kind of safe option. Um, but I don't know he's the boss. He sees them day in day out, so he's got the, he's got to put his uh, neck on the line. Uh, the the last thing I want to talk about, which I think was probably the most apt way to end this horrendous season. Was I don't know if it's happening in Sky at home, but in the US, ESPN Plus with about two minutes left. To oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing! We were all on ten tucks. was like maybe a minute and a half left, like maybe a minute left. I'm not sure. And uh, we're all on ten tucks. Will we score the, the the winning goal? ESPN Plus just pulls the plug on our game and switches to what I think might be a League One or a League Two game.
1: Yeah, do we, we don't know where that was. No, it was no. definitely a, a League One. Yeah, it was 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 an old
0: school English ground, which cuts to the the, the kind of like ground view as if they're previewing their next uh, ESPN Plus game. Because clearly ours is overrun by about 20 minutes. It was, we just looked around and we couldn't help but just laugh. The amateurish end to an amateurish season encapsulated by this ridiculous faux pas on the broadcaster's point. And we just looked around and we all went to his phones and realised it was over. Uh, uh, through lifescore.com or whatever ESPN have we've got. Um,
1: I I shut it off as soon as that happened because I think they had had, there were six minutes of added time and Kadeem Harris had that uh, foul. I think he got carded too, uh, you know, in the 95th minute and, you know, it's 95 minutes and 30 seconds and they just take the free kick and dump it into the corner. You know, we started upfield and that's when it cut in and it was like, I don't even think I bothered to check my phone. <laughs> I just turned it off that was, that was it. Like, there was no, you know, we weren't, we were done at that point. And that's, you know, I, I, I do want to do briefly go back and, and just agree with you, Patty. I, I think as a neutral, that was probably a, a great and, and enjoyable experience. It was not good football by any means, but no. it was, exciting football and it was dramatic football and like you said there were fans from all these different teams that were watching and i know through social media and through friends of mine and people i've actually talked to over the last couple days who who know that i like wednesday a lot of fucking people were watching that as as you dubbed it a few weeks ago as relegation porn and for for a soccer (laughs) fan for a football fan having relegation porn on and on a saturday morning that doesn't include your team is a it's a lot of fun. Um, so, you
0: know. It's yeah, just, I, did, I did feel un- like... Scream. Unfortunately,
1: it is our team.
0: Yeah, I did feel like screaming at the end, were you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. uh, how did you feel at the end of it all? I I, I, get, I, get, I had a lot of people, had a lot of friends at the bar, uh, not, not just Wednesday fans, um, coming up to me and like, apologizing, oh, we're so sorry, blah, 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 you must be good. And I think other, after, after about 10 minutes or so, just feeling like deflated and shitty i wasn't i wasn't upset i was just it was just kind of like it's over i'm thank fuck it's over it it felt like a little bit of a relief it felt like a little bit for kind of like we knew it was going to happen eventually whether we just we've been readying ourselves for so long when it happened it was kind of like even though we were so close to stopping it from happening it didn't feel a shock. It didn't feel something that I was unprepared to deal with for. And that I didn't get emotional. I didn't really get angry. I kind of shrugged it off. How about you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's like, I, you know, I've talked about on here. I've accepted this for a long time. You know, part of me almost, um, I I don't know if you recall, Patty, if you were in the States, the time in 2004, when the Red Sox, uh, beat the Yankees for the first time. There was a, uh, they came back from three games down and they had a huge comeback to win game four. And then game five, they were down two runs in the eighth and David Ortiz hit a solo home run to make it a one run game to give them a shot. And I actually was screaming, screaming at my television. Fuck you, David Ortiz <laughs> for giving me this false sense of hope. Cause there was no way they were going to come back. Of course, Ortiz wins it in the 14th. Or whatever. And that's, Kind of how I felt during this game, where it was like these ups and like, like I said, I was like, "There's no way I'm drinking. I'm a fucking mess right now." And Patterson put that ball in to make it two-two, and I was like, "Well, you know, I'm in." <laughs> Get a beer. I didn't want to be. But I'm in. <laughs> you know, and then to fucking burner who's been garbage recently, and just you know, he actually had a couple nice plays today that or during that game that were so. Julian burner where they were ugly and it's him thrashing about violently, but somehow making a play happen. And, and for him to get that third goal. And it just, you know, it, they, they got me sucked back in, but it wasn't, I was so far out of it by the time, you know, that game ended. I was the same as you. I had a few minutes of, you know, being down and then it was like, well, we're moving on. And by the time my wife got home to the gym, she was like, Oh, uh, did they win? I was like, no, 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 they lost. Oh, I thought you'd be more worked up. I'm like, yeah, you know, I had music going. I was drunk at 10 in the morning on a Saturday again. So it ended up being, uh, ended up being okay. But, you know, well, I think we'll cover some of that, you know, the longer ramifications, you know, maybe in part two or, you know, in the next period of time we get together. But I I think you summed it up, but it just, I, I was just kind of relieved that in the end it was over. Although like, we, we talked about, I didn't think I would be that bothered by the fact that we came in last, but that's fucking...
0: <laughs> I didn't, like. Yeah, I didn't realize dad? that until like about three hours later when someone told me, I was like, uh, why are we last? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I've been paying uh, so much attention to the actual results. I forgot what that meant. So now actually, this could be quite important. And we, and we can talk about this in, a bit in, the, in the news too, because mm. I mean, it could be quite important. It's likely not going to happen. Mm. But Wickham are now third from bottom. And if Derby were to get a point seduction for their EFL uh, FFP issues, then Wickham would be the one to benefit from that, not Ozar, other because they're the ones that managed to rise to the top of the of the top of the bottom three. I think they they
1: took I think they took nine, I think they had three wins in their last six.
0: Yeah, like, I mean fair play good, to them. good for them. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They did better than we did. Um yeah, so
1: everybody did better than we did, Patty. <laughs> what
0: a mess! What a mess! So close and literally yet so far. Um, so we're in League One next season. Uh, it's it's been coming. Uh, we move on to Wednesday news and the fallout from the match. First person uh, to hats off to him. First person to put a real public statement out there was the chairman. Um, quite, um, quite earnest. Quite. It's a different side to him. I don't think I've seen before. Uh, honest. Uh, culpable. He, he said he was responsible for this. It was his, his fault. Um, said it affects him personally, and he sent his best wishes out. Look, I know this is too little too late. It's in all words, but as far as a press release goes, it was very well done. And it's very rare to see that from um, the club at all, let alone the uh, the chairman. So credit where it's due, I thought it was a good statement. I mean, it's literally like a drop in the ocean compared to everything else he's done to the club. Um, but what did you think about that statement?
1: No, I mean that's that's it. Like it, it was words. And and you're right. I like he he said the right words, but we're we're so far beyond words with with Mr. Chancery. It's we we need action, we need changes, we need and and, and again, it doesn't have to be him selling the club, he just needs to change the way that he approaches things. So I, you can apologize. You can talk about how much it hurts and you can talk about, you know, all these things and, and hey, we're right there with you, bud. Um, but, you know, it's 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 meaningless unless something changes.
0: And the other thing that came out of that initial statement was he, he clarified that Darren Moore was is here to stay next season, which I think, um, again, Wednesday fans took positively. I um, think we should. Yeah, yeah. uh it gives it a little bit of stability. You don't want the chairman to come out at the end of the match and sack you a second manager. Uh we need some stability at least. Um what I will talk about after that is kind of the can can I just say
1: one more quick thing about that? That maybe I'm reading too much into it or seeing it wrong. The multiple times I've seen the chairman mention it, and then I think more might have had a statement or somebody. Each time I've seen it mentioned, it's always within the context of more things they can come right back up, which makes me wonder if he's just being given a one year deal, if that's sort of this, hey, it's a one year thing, let me do this. Um, Or it's more of a, I wanna be here, I wanna build, you know, we want uh, Darren Moore here to create a culture and an academy and a future. But every time I've, I've heard it, it's been referenced as we think we can come right back up. We're going to come right back up. I realize that's what you say, but I don't know. It's just, I, I didn't really like that side of it. I'm glad that we're going to give the keys to, to more. I mean, it, and whether he'll be successful or not, I have no idea, but you know, as we have talked about, he's a good guy. He seems to have a very positive influence on people and well, his tactics didn't work with our players that we currently have. I like his tactical ideas and what he wants to do with the club. Um, So I hope it's more than just, hey, he better come up next year, because we might not.
0: (laughs) Uh, And almost like either, I think it was very close to that statement that came out um, was the SWFC trust statement, uh, which obviously was prepared uh, as a kind of eventuality that might happen. That uh, shit
1: came off the second of the whistle blew. Yeah, I think it was slightly
0: <laughs> before the Trans-Series statement. Uh, the main, um, the main grasp of that statement if you haven't seen already was about basically asking the chairman to take a step back, and it wasn't they were very clear in there. It's not a personal issue with him. It's it's a, it's a, it's an issue around the way that the football club's being run. They want him to take a step back and to to put in a place a structure of senior management that can manage the football club on a day to day basis. Uh, that has experience, that has a black book, that has uh, contacts in the game that can provide us stability going forward. It's something that that they've been asking for for a long time. It's something that we've asked for in the supporter engagement panel, and he's declined to do so. Um, but clearly now we have a very uh, obvious uh, red blotch uh, to show him on his exam papers to say, you have failed uh so please acknowledge this and enact change it's one thing saying nice words like you said justin it's time to see a different action plan right different uh, strategy because the one that's been in place whatever that strategy was has clearly not worked um i've said on this podcast before i've got issues with the way the trust handles things but i think that was a very good statement i think it needs to be made i'm glad we've got a trust again how they handle themselves sometimes is questionable in my my opinion um but that almost then started a a kind of uh Sheffield Wednesday fans Alcoholics Anonymous kind of outpouring from the local media of saying let's all let's all say the same things it was kind of like so I think Dom Housen came out yesterday with a, a long article saying that he needs to take a step back he's put some structure in there um You've got, I think it was uh, Joe Can, Joe Cran, sorry, uh, also putting out similar statements today too. So it's like the local media, uh, the SWFC Trust, the supporter Engagement Panel, obviously, have been saying this for the last few months, asking these questions, and it's just good to get this traction. So it's almost unavoidable. You've got unanimous almost all the big personalities and groups now a of chef Wednesday are saying these things to the chairman. You failed, you've got to change the way you do things. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of unrest on your hands. This is an opportunity for you to acknowledge your failings and listen to people that have got a better knowledge in the game. That's what I think most people are saying right now.
1: Question questions no, just well, will it be enough yeah, yeah so, no well do be you, think he'll that's, will, you think you'll listen like like you said it's it's we've got that big f right like you, he can you know that was one of the <laughs> my only worries i didn't want to go down because i know what league one is and and unfortunately with the state of football you know league one could lead to a lot worse right now right with with the way that finances are and clubs and and all that so i never wanted to go down but it is that thing where if if you stay up, does Chance Series say, Well, we did it? <laughs> it was <worked>. it's working. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and it, it, we're gonna see. You know what? I, honestly, Patty, I I I don't I don't know. I, I wanna say yes. How can you not see this? But he has been very firm and consistent in his beliefs on the way that he runs a structure of an organization. And how he feels about it and i don't i don't even know if this is going to be enough to change i, I it should i mean christ if you're if you're not going to get a wake-up call even just for your wallet what's he lose 10 bills a year on the tv contract you know like just it, this has to be it has to be a giant wake-up call and you're right credit to many of our local uh press and organizations and again I'm. I'm with you. I, I haven't always been thrilled with the supporters trust process, but I'm a member. Um, I believe in what they do. I, I support, you know, having an organization like that. I mean, you, you could even argue Nancy's article coming out was, which also came out pretty close after the whistle. Um, well, she didn't sort of come out and directly say those same things. She wrote an excellent article and pointed out many of the mistakes and many of the things that can be changed and probably should be changed. So I'm with you patty I, I think there's a real united front and to be totally honest given how bitter and nasty some people can be i don't think the tone is that angry from these groups i think it's more just saying hey bud like it's time it's time you need to make a change or else you know maybe it will constructive. Get i mean nasty. we're not
0: just these are not attack pieces these are not it's not the Sunday Mirror, News of the World, the Sun attack pieces calling people turnip heads and idiots and fools. These are like journalists, local press, putting their hearts on their sleeve and writing constructive things to improve the club. And you've got to applaud that. Um, they're not attack pieces. They're not. They want to have a good relationship with the chancellor. They know that they depend on him for the access that they have. Um, and the, in some respects they're putting the kind of like access on the line um to say these things out loud. So fair play to them. Um and I do we do appreciate all of their, their hard work this season. Uh, I feel for Joe Cran, uh, especially as he's moved from South Africa for his dream job working for the Sheffield Star. And he's had probably the worst season in his stretch every Wednesday to report on. <laughs> um and the other things that kind of come out of the, the fallout of the game was uh, player responses or uh, lack thereof, more, more of them. The first person, I think, to comment was uh, Uncle um apologising for the penalty, which fair play to him. He took some stick on social media for that. But I think a lot of people respected the fact that he came out. And that in itself is it an early shout to put his hat in the ring for captaincy. Is that kind of uh, honesty and kind of uh, out there trying to connect with the fans. I think it's, again, he's, he's shown that his career Wednesday, uh, even though most of the time it's been on the uh, physio bench. Um, the other person to come out early uh, with a statement, I think it was the day after the match, uh, Liam Palmer, uh, maybe to be expected. Um, obviously a yeah. life, lifelong Wednesday fan. Uh, very solemn, again, honest post. Um, <laughs> black and white picture of him looking uh, despondent uh, <laughs> on Instagram. It, it was, again, very nice words. Um, and I think that got a better reaction. because I think, I think Palmer's won a lot of fans over this season. I think a lot of fans... Didn't rate him for a while. And I think whether it's just because the, the quality in the squad is not as good as it's been in the last six years or what, but I genuinely think the Palms improved a lot this season. Um And we'll be, I'd be happy to have him as a captain next... Next, I, I kind of joked about this early in the podcast, uh, in the season, but I wouldn't necessarily be bothered if he was our captain next season. Now.
1: No, there's a lot of people who who, you know... Rip him or guys like that, and then they want to talk about how we should bring Mego back because he takes people to the top of the cop. You know, you know that Liam Palmer gives a fuck about that badge. You know he does, um, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. And especially when you get to a League One, and, and we do recall this. Um, you know, you sometimes you know the lack of talent can be made up for through just sheer you know sort of energy and will and desire uh when you reach the championship level it's quality football is too good you know we 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 saw the teams that we were successful with in this league and and those were really quality teams with players at their peak um the teams we are successful with in league one uh they are absolute cult club heroes. I mean, Rada Johnson is the only guy I have put a name on the back of my jersey until the Barty episode. Uh, but, you know, Rated Johnson still to this day is a supporter of the club and one of my favorite players ever, one of the few players I actually follow on social media. You know, Rated Johnson's Johnson is a non-league player, right? You know, he was able to, through effort and guts and, you know, at the peak of his career, be a good league one player, Miguel Yerra, uh, Jose Samedo, the, these guys who are, you know, really legendary for the club. A lot of them was about the heart and the effort. And that's, you know, that's what you need in those lower leagues in, in the championship to be successful. You need fucking talent and you need, or, or you need team unity. And we didn't have either of those all year. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll go to League One. We'll we'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh,
0: and the last, as of recording this, the last player to put out any kind of uh, comment is uh, our captain, Brian Bannon. I was uh, I was watching the clock, waiting for this because I feel like it took too long. Uh, uh, I think it was it was today. It came out right, so three days after the the event. Uh, very heartfelt. I, clearly, I mean, I wasn't doubting that he was affected by this. So I saw his reaction on the pitch at the end of the game. I think he obviously clearly was. Um, I just thought it was strange. It took so long for him to get anything out. I mean, let's just put a tweet out there saying, sorry, guys. <laughs> but it was well-worded. It was well-drafted. Clearly he went through, again, PR, comms. Um, nothing much to say there other than the fact it was finally done uh, three days later.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, to a certain degree, I don't know what the player's responsibility is to use social media to say something, you know, especially, you know, if, if, if it ends up just being empty words, like, I, I don't fucking waste my time. Like, you know, I, I understand the look and, and, and again, we've talked about this for all year, but especially the last, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, like a lot of these players don't care. You know, I don't think they weren't trying. I think everybody was trying, but at the same time, you know, I think we talked about last week or a couple of weeks ago, the all in factor, you know, a lot of these guys weren't all in and, and, you know, pick your names out of a hat, whoever you want to feel like giving shit to. But like, what is, you know, if you're Kadim Harris, just to pick on somebody, what is his, why does he have to come out and tell us he's sorry? You know, like Kadim Harris has, his own life. It's not like Sheffield Wednesday has been a wonderful place for him his whole time. You know, I mean it'd be nice, but I, I'm almost glad that some people haven't. I don't want fake words. I'd I'd rather the authenticity of of you know how you're feeling. I almost I would have more respect about Adam Reach was like, Hey guys, there were some good times, but uh I gotta get the fuck out of here now. So goodbye. <laughs> you know, like I would mentally I'm that.
0: fucked. <laughs> Yeah, I would appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I, I was. I was bit all. I was bit all players to comment on this. What I think I would. I wanted more from Bannon earlier on. I think West Woods actor on social media could have posted something. Um, other like Windass posted something. I think from an American NFL film on Instagram. I think it was maybe. Um, uh, I can't remember it was. It was very kind of like cheesy, kind of. I don't know, American college football movie ending that I, that I haven't seen before, but it was obviously about like losing and coming back better and that kind of stuff. That's all I put up there as an Instagram story, which is, it was all right. It was better than nothing, I suppose, but um, it, it was all a bit half-assed. I feel like, um, players like Tom Lee's aren't on social media, so I won't, I won't expect him to appear from nowhere with right. statements or anything, but again, players, maybe Hutchinson could has been in the media a few times, he could probably put statements out. Westwood, maybe he's waiting for a kind of like final goodbye or whatever. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah, I get your points. I don't expect apologies. I, I expect some kind of like I'm good to be going down with this club that I like. That's all I wanted to hear from a little bit.
1: Well, and you get—I mean, listen—you got that from Baz, you know. You got that from from Palm. You got that from Dunkley. Um, you know, they've already been people who've said they're in. Uh, Andre Green has said he's in. Like, you know, I don't know. It just. Yeah, we're, like I said last week, i I just so fucking tired of watching so many of these guys play football. I don't mind them just pulling the, what we would call in the States, the Irish goodbye. Well, maybe it's just a Boston thing. I don't know. Uh, a Irish North, accent. A Northeast thing. Yeah. It's yeah. The, uh, they slink off without, of telling me, without saying goodbye sounds, to anybody. <laughs> sounds, good to me. sounds good to me. I mean, I suppose the Irish in me should be insulted by that, but I, I have too many friends who pull that act. So, you know, I, I don't again, I'm, I'm okay. Like, don't, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. It's okay. We're, you know, we've really, this is, this really feels like a, a bottoming out. And I hope that I hope that it is the bottom, even if we don't come straight back up. Um, you know, I, I want to see us, we've been pointing in the wrong direction for a long time. Um, and we need a clear out and we need a new attitude and a new direction. And and that's what I'm just hopeful that Darren Moore has a chance to, to give us.
0: Indeed. A few more uh, points of order before we uh, wrap up this episode Uh, in the news this week, uh, Bannon one player of the year, rightly so Um, the, uh, the um, protests to get Jack Marriott to number one, either failed or was ignored by the club. Uh, and Bannon <laughs> Bannon uh, won the award so congratulations to Barry I think that was well deserved I don't think there was anywhere else that we mentioned in last time we spoke about this right
1: no I mean you know I mean I, I threw out you know the ridiculous notion of Patterson because I enjoy his shithousery and he <laughs> scored some points and I think Windass's late season push was there you know uh, there are guys you could look at you know the the point it it's really bothered me over the last year and a half that I've been kind of negative towards Barry Bannon. Cause I'm, I'm a huge fan of his overall. And, and, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I remember referring to him as like a, a club legend and getting ripped, you know, cause it was like, he's not Chris Waddle. I'm like, well, no, he's not fucking Chris Waddle. But like, if you talk about the last 10 years, Baz is, is one of the most important and, and best players. I, I have major issues with his game and how it operates. Um, and, and unfortunately, like, I don't like feeling that way. I want to be supportive of him. So I'm glad that he, he got that. And, and I will say too, Patty, I, I really appreciated when we talked, uh, last week about the Marriott, um, protest vote, if you will. Um, I, I appreciated your perspective. And the one thing that I hadn't really thought of, and I did between now and then that I would like to say is that it's kind of insulting to Jack Marriott. Right. And You know, I I mean, we don't owe Jack Marriott anything. He hasn't done a fucking thing for our club. But at the same time, like, you know, that's that's kind of a tough it's kind of a tough look to throw him under the bus when he's been injured and dealing with four different managers and transfers and loans rather and all that. So my my apologies to you, Jack Marriott, if you're listening for uh, uh, protest voting you uh, into player of the year, you don't deserve that kind of scorn uh nobody does but i i do still maintain that we just should not have had a player of the year like what is the, what does Bana do with that like mm. does he put he put that award on his mantle and be fucking happy about it oh yeah this year we went down but i didn't get hurt i think i would have gone at that i think would have gone in the dumpster man jesus that was
0: the best of the worst what a great uh, accolade to uh, win uh Also, uh, I mean, having a a terrible few days post their survival in the championship is Derby County, which I think is quite hilarious. So uh, almost instantaneously, I think it was this morning, was announced that they've been found guilty of the FFP breach um, eventually. And they had players that they, uh, I think it was amortizing uh, their player contracts uh, uh, and they put into the wrong gear or too late, hadn't paid off eventually, something like that. So they were found guilty. Uh, what might save them from getting a punishment this season is is the fact that Middlesbrough like threw another accusation at them or something like that. And that delayed the proceedings uh, as much as they have been delayed. So that might get into next season with a deduction. Um like I said to you earlier though, if they do manage the deduction this season, it would be working the benefits, not us anyway. So other than laughing at Derby if they do go down, um, that's the only thing we get out of that. Uh, also I think this morning was announced that um Uh, They had to pay the former player Richard Keogh two point three million in in, in unpaid wages. I think it was uh, on fair dismissal. Can't remember was. Was that related
1: to the drunk driving accident?
0: Maybe incident. Maybe yeah. So that's just a No, I mean,
1: listen, they're a fucking disaster, and I don't want to. I don't want to be that that bitter guy, but I kind of am. Like, fuck Derby County and and all that they're about and i think that it would be absolutely hilarious if they got their points deduction tapped onto the season i'm not sure that would be fair or legal or anything i just think it would be hilarious and and i think it would be because i also think as you pointed out the flip side of this is that if they go down wickham wanderers who this is their first time ever in the top two tiers in english football they brought up a team that they were one of the like lower paid teams in league one. They were easily the lowest paid, had the lowest uh, team budget in the championship this year. They were not a good football team. They worked so hard. Garrett Ainsworth obviously put a lot of effort and time into them and for them to go on the run they did at the end of the, like they deserve to stay up more than, than we do for sure. and obviously Rotherham who blew their opportunity and more than Derby. And to be honest, I, I start saying, you know, there are plenty of other teams that stayed up. There were, you know, Bristol city was a disaster and Brum and all these teams. Like at least Wickham Wanderers brought the effort and the intensity and the teamwork week in and week out. So I would actually love to see Derby come down with us and, uh, Wickham, uh, get a chance to stay up and, and consolidate a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, I they think they've got a good argument about that. Like I said, they did everything legitimately. They stayed within the rules. Uh, I know we, we're throwing stones in our own glass house here, but um, clearly um, it's proven proven, proven guilty. Uh, and I think Wickham are going to bring a charge to the EFL if they do go down and Derby don't get their points deduction. So fair play and Good luck with that challenge. Is at the end of the Derby news, though, because there's also hilarity around their ownership and their ownership takeover and the lovely, um, uh, much maligned Eric Alonso, he was obviously an ex-advisor to Chan Uh, The brilliant thing about this, obviously, there's, there's questions about ownership. Uh, I think the EFL are questioning whether he's got the funds or not. Uh, and coincidentally, this morning he, he tweets out a picture of his uh, of his pads, like working from home or something like that. And then uh, within an hour, someone had discovered that this is the kind of like TikTok like luxury rental home. That you can get on like to- this kind of like rental site, clearly not Eric Alonso's house. Uh, yeah, what a what a nutcase. I mean, what an absolute nudge! Does,
1: does he does he actually exist? So, like, <laughs> this, here's the thing: the images you see of him, he is basically a model, right? He's a ripped Spanish dude with no shirt on, who's always taking like underwear photos and popping in and out. Who says he has money, but doesn't actually have money, and then says he's in this house and doesn't have it, like.
0: It's, it could be an internet troll. I think he very much could be an internet troll, like some some like 12-year-old kid behind the keyboard. Uh, just has had like, this oh, whole kind of like run at, for us.
1: Addie Chan siri <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that could be a pseudonym to get around all the legalities of uh, a 12-year-old child running a football club. Uh, know, it all makes sense. I, I, we've uncovered Eric Alonso's true identities at chan
1: chance I think we saved that a little bit for the season review. Yeah, no, the I mean again, Derby. Derby is a fucking disaster. Like, it's a tire fire over there. And you know what? It, again, going to League One is never a good idea. Um, but, you know, that's another club that's probably desperately in need of a reset, not another year of, of Wayne Rooney acting like he knows what he's doing.
0: Up there, a year behind us? I'm, I, I'm positive of it. We've seen this all before uh, in our own situation. I just think they're a year behind the cycle of, of getting destroyed. Um, and I think they'll be relegated next year with a points deduction, like we are. Uh, it, it's it's sad. It's another bad ownership. The thing is to highlight what the ownership got him in this place. This is a local guy. This is the this is the dream owner you you asked for as a fan. Oh, we've got a local millionaire that wants to take us over and take us to promised land. It hasn't worked out. He was a bad owner. He was he had no idea what he's doing. He's 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 exploited loopholes. He's he's acted uh, illegally. He can get. Bad homegrown owners. People fans forget that nowadays. Everyone dreams of this fantasy Russian oligarch taking over and pumping money into you, uh, like Abramovich. But actually, like that's the kind of like very very thin on the ground. Good owners. Most of them are shady and dodgy. <laughs> well,
1: Especially. and you know what? Sometimes it works out. Look at Wolves, right? Like that worked out for them. They dodged the FFP at the last at the last second that there've been a couple of clubs that have done that they've thrown all in with shady guys and it, right. Hey, it almost worked for us. You know, we were, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but we were, you know, one game away against Hull and, uh, you know, frankly had a much better chance the next year. And we were one, you know, cautious managerial setup uh, and an own goal from going up. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, no. Mel Morris, by all in, all intents, is a reward. well well intended uh, well intended fan of the club who is passionate and cares, but it doesn't mean he's good. It's a familiar story, right?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately. Um. We'll end the podcast in a few weird uh, transfer rumours. seems a bit early transfer rumours, but we've got to cover all the news Wednesday. Uh, Ashley Fletcher from Middlesbrough has been linked with Wednesday. He got um, sacked by Warnock about three weeks ago. (laughs) I spoke to Ellen about this earlier on. He's apparently he's he's okay when he's fit, but he's been injured a lot. Um, Might be good in League One. So that's something to uh, keep an eye on. He was younger than I
1: thought. Um, I definitely would have pegged him for close to 30. He's only 25. Um, he spent some time on the England U20 squad. Um, a couple years ago he had uh 13 goals in the league, two years ago, um, 15 goals overall. Um I've I've never quite seen it. I've heard the name a lot. You know, he's like, oh, watch out for Ashley Fletcher. And then you kind of watch the game. He's never really done much, but like you said, um, league one uh if he's got the heart for it you know when you have a little bit of talent um in league one and you show some heart you, you can be pretty effective so i i just my biggest concern when i first heard that name was that again i was picturing him as a 30 year old it was like jesus it's not let's not buy old injured guys or you know it's not buy guys who have two broken legs <laughs> you know? well he is
0: a young injured guy instead of an old injured guy apparently uh, the other rumours are about outgoing players. Uh, Adam Reach being linked to Bristol City. Uh, again, I, I imagine the right level of uh, crap championship club for Adam Reach right now. Uh, and Bannon's been recently linked to Luton Town, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I mean I see Bannon I- leave. I mean, is that being an insult? I know Luton Town's done much better than others this season. But do you see Barry Bannon playing for Luton Town? I
1: kind of hope so. <laughs> I I feel like a real shithead. Like I said, I I really want to. I want Barry Bannon to be successful, uh, like all the time. But I I we need such a clear out. Like I I don't think I want anybody on this team that was here when Carlos was here.
0: Oh, I don't want. Other then maybe Liam Palmer. Yeah. I don't Warhead want Bannon season. here next season. I I think we need. To, I think we right. need. Newton- I appreciate everything he's done for, for us I think he's a luxury for League One I think we need to clear the slate and start sure. again uh, yeah, but I, don't, I, just, I just don't see him playing for Luton Town I think it's a bit of a weird rumour
1: I don't know I mean what's but fucking Luton Town's above us man
0: true beggars may not they, be they, choosers um, yeah no that's that. Uh, sorry All right, well, we're going to wrap it up and we're going to come back um, before we all break for summer uh, with a season, end of season review. We'll get uh, all of your favorites back. Um, But for now, me and Justin, I'll say goodbye. Justin, any other business before we close it?
1: Yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out um, to some social media people. Um, I mean, first of all, you know, when when I mentioned bringing this up earlier, Patty said, hey, there's a lot of people that have reached out. And like, I can't, I didn't prepare for this tonight. I didn't prepare to write down all the list of people who have interacted on social media and listened to the pod and, you know, have given such positive feedback and, you know, been so supportive all year. And it's really, I know for all of us, it's really appreciated that, that you guys do listen and and interact with us. But there's a, for me, there's a special little group of, uh, Tina and Andy Fox and, uh, sergey our our swedish friend who always have this beautiful interaction on saturdays and they are three of the most positive wednesday fans i see online and one one of the things that really has bothered me and i've talked about this over the last five six years is the you know anger that's coursed through the fan base and it's it's split and divided people and you know we're all wednesday aren't we we should be pulling in the same direction and Every single game, every single game, to see Tina and Andy and and Sergey excited and happy and positive. Every time I saw that, I would kind of jump into their try to jump into their Twitter threads or at least start favoriting the shit out of them because I really appreciated the the positivity that they brought. And uh, you know, it's, it's that's the wonderful thing about this and all of this in the community that you know patty you've been huge in trying to bring to the states and, and putting together but for all of us we we are all wednesday aren't we and to be able to meet people from across the globe and interact with them and share this passion and this love and thank you tina andy and sergey the positivity um has been a really special thing over the last few years but uh for me especially this year with those guys so big shout out to you guys i'll I'll check you uh, on the Twitters and, and we'll be doing this again next season for sure.
0: Thanks, Justin. I want to also, uh, echo that and uh, extend it to everybody else that sent us messages throughout the season too, because uh, I think um, we've probably received more positive praise and thank yous this season than we've probably ever had doing the podcast. Clearly, uh, people, maybe we're giving away kind of a bedraggled kind of uh, feel on the podcast. <laughs> it has been a little labour of love this season. It's been ugly at times. <laughs> yes, but I think people looking out for us and they keep giving us a shot in the arm, so we really do appreciate the comments. Uh, by all means, give us a review on iTunes too, but just the tweet every now and again keeps us going, so we really do appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Um, we'll be back before we go for summer, uh, again with a season review today you've listened to episode 138 of Cast. you can get in touch with us uh, through owlsamericas at gmail.com uh, at owlsamericas on twitter and at Americas on instagram our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow wednesdayites reverend and the makers uh, the podcast on itunes spotify soundcloud google podcasts podbean and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts there's no wrong way to listen to the show just do what feels right wherever you choose to consume Alder America's we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesday nights find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, uh, how will you spend your first free weekend from the misery of falling shift to Wednesday?
1: <laughs> uh, watching other football and uh, <laughs> hockey playoffs start. NHL playoffs start this weekend. Uh, Bruins, uh, Bruins playing the Caps Saturday. So, um, I, I will shift slowly from uh, football mode. I like can't wait for the uh, championship playoffs and, uh, you know, Champions League final and obviously into the Euros. So, I don't know, I, unfortunately we'll be able football, to leave. Football, football, football. Yeah, it's tough tough to miss it, man, you know.
0: My name's been uh, Paddy Jones. You can get on Twitter at New York Owls. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon.